Hey church, welcome to week two of I Never Said That. We're looking in a series at what Jesus didn't say, because sometimes to understand the power of what he did say, we actually need to have a look at what he didn't say. Today we're going to look at maybe a belief that some people have that when you follow Jesus, you'll never have a bad day. In fact, some people have said that when they've shared the gospel. So if you come to Jesus, he'll make your life fantastic. Everything will be sold if you get off give your life to Jesus. But Jesus actually never said that. Jesus never said, if you give your whole entire life to me, then I guarantee that every time you go to the beach, you're gonna look fantastic in your togs. He never said that if you follow me, you'll get all the best parking spots. He never said that if you follow me, that your Wi-Fi will never buffer while you're watching your favorite TV program on Netflix. He never said that, he never said that you wouldn't have bad days. He never said that. In fact, to understand what he said about bad days and good days, I want us to look at John chapter 16, but I want to explain to you the context of John 16 as Jesus is talking to his disciples and letting them know that he's going to give up his life. In other words, he's going to go and die on the cross for us. And in that, he is giving almost like his final words to them. He's giving his final bit of advice, his final bit of empowerment for them to go out into the world and do some incredible things. And so in the context of that, it says this in John 16, verse 20 to 21, it says, I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish, anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. I think what God is trying to say, or Jesus is trying to say in this scenario, like with a woman giving birth, there's incredible pain in the process of giving birth. But as soon as a child is born, as soon as that newborn baby is put in the mother's arms, the memory, the anguish, the pain, just disappears completely and it, and it would have to, otherwise there's no way that you put yourself through that again. You see, Jesus says that you're going to weep, you're going to mourn, there's going to be bad days, but your pain will turn into joy when you continue to walk with Jesus. He goes on and says this in verse 22, he says, so you have sorrow now, but I will see you again then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. In other words, you're going to have bad days, but you will see me again. You're going to have sorrow for now, but we're going to end up rejoicing. And Jesus says all this. You wonder why Jesus says all of this. Well, he, he tells us in verse 33 why he's explaining to them about the struggles and the trials that they're going to face. He says this in verse 33. He says, I have told you these things so that in me, everyone say in me, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I love that he says that in me, in Christ, you will have peace. When you dwell in my presence, when you dwell in relationship with me, you will have peace, but in this world, you will have trouble. It doesn't say you'll always have good days, that you'll never have pain, 
that you know you're gonna you're gonna go out into the world and you're gonna crush it you go girl it's gonna be awesome he never says that you're always going to be blessed that the sun's always going to be shining on your back he actually never says that what he does say is he says that you'll have trials and you'll have sorrows and the crazy thing about this is that as believers we're big on God's promises yeah and he promises to never leave us nor forsake us that he is for us and not against us I love the promises of God but this is one of the promises of God that we don't really like to talk about because he promises here that you're going to have trials and you're going to have troubles challenges are certain pain is a promise and suffering in this world Jesus says it is inevitable in other words it's going to happen you can't escape it you have to see this because if you don't understand this as a follower of Jesus you'll live thinking that he has promised you a pain-free life and that's not what he promises he says that we'll be persecuted he says that we will have trials and sorrows that we will face hardships that we will face trouble and tragically for some of us we're facing that right now we're facing some of the trials and the struggles right now you might right now be in the midst of a very difficult season in your life maybe you feel left out you feel overlooked you feel rejected you feel alone maybe you're suffering with depression and 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 you're trying to get out of it but the more you try to get out of it the heavier and heavier it is on your soul for some of you right now you could be going through financial hardship and just the pressure of that is not going away for some of you that may come in time we don't know the pressure just hangs there and it's not going away tragically some of us are facing major health challenges or maybe for some of you it's a relational challenge right now and whatever it is that you're going through the pain can feel unbearable you can be afraid you can be hurting you can feel overwhelmed and it doesn't seem like anybody understands and in that time you start to be tempted to wonder where is God in all of this where are you I'm trying to do the following Jesus thing I'm I'm trying to do the God thing I'm trying to do the Christian thing but all I'm feeling is pain I feel like I'm just constantly hitting a wall I'm hitting resistance where are you God here's my question I suppose is that if the pain is a promise then there has to be a purpose to our pain because God is a good God and he he wouldn't let us go through the trials and the tribulations that we're going through if there wasn't a purpose to what he was doing because God is a loving God well I believe that there are two blessings that God brings into our world that doesn't come any other way than through trials and troubles and the first one is this is that trouble and hardship proves our faith trouble and hardship proves our faith it actually reveals the depth of our faith and our trust in God and I'm going to share a scripture with you shortly that Peter wrote but I want you to understand the context in which Peter wrote it in you see Peter wrote this in, in about 65 AD when the Emperor of Rome at the time was Nero and Nero hated Christians Nero persecuted Christians greatly in fact one of the things that Nero used to do is he used to kill animals he'd skin them then he'd get Christians 
and he would put them inside the skin, sew the skin back up again, and then he would make them run and he'd let loose his dogs and the dogs would hunt them down thinking that they were animals and that he would stand there with all of his friends and cheer and enjoy the entertainment of the dogs eating Christians to death. One of the other things he used to do was he used to throw parties at his palace and he would actually cover Christians in wax and he'd tie them up to a tree or something and then he would light them like human candles and stand around and watch it as entertainment while they screamed from dying from incredible pain. And it's in that context that Peter wrote the scripture. In 1 Peter 1.6, he said this, he said, So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. He's saying, be happy, have this joy ahead. They've been eaten alive by dogs, they've been burnt alive like human candles, and Peter is saying in the context of this persecution of these trials and their sorrows, he's saying, there is wonderful joy ahead. But in verse 7, he says what I think is the key thing. He says, these trials will show your faith is genuine. Now, the question that I have is, if there is such a thing as genuine faith, as Peter says, and I believe there is, then there also must be counterfeit faith. If there's such a thing as genuine faith, then there also must be counterfeit faith. And I'll be honest with you, as a pastor, one of the things that weighs on my heart the most is I'm afraid that there are so many people, so many Christians, that have a counterfeit faith. It looks real on the outside, but the roots don't go down deep. And the reason why I say that is because, friend, I was that person for a long period of my life. I was a person that grew up in church and I knew when to stand and I knew what to say and I knew where to sit and I knew all the right words to say, praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen, all those sorts of things. I, I looked like a follower of Christ on the outside, but the reality was I wasn't a follower of Christ on the inside. I'm doing the God, I was, you know, doing church and all that sort of stuff, but the reality is as soon as something happened that to me seemed unjust or seemed wrong or I felt like God had let me down, I pulled away. I pulled away because my roots didn't go down deep. And in fact, Jesus shared a parable about this in the, in the Gospels where he said that when the roots don't go down deep, that the weeds and the sun would bear down on it and it would kill the plant off. He spoke about the weeds being the cares of the world and, and, and the worries and the sun being the, the heat, the pressure, the trials that were coming on. And because the roots didn't go down deep in both cases, the, the, the um, plant was choked by the weeds or it was scorched by the sun. And he's saying that when your roots don't go down deep enough, that whenever tri trials or hardship come, suddenly we're scorched out. And with everything within me, I, I don't want that to happen to you. And I want you to understand that trials and hardships prove your faith. And so often 
in my life, and I've heard it in other people's lives, there'll be a time where I've got a migraine, God, where are you? I got rejected from that job, God, do you not care? You didn't answer my prayer, God, you, you mustn't be real. No, no, that's not going to be our response. Actually, it's in those times when you have genuine faith, that your roots are deep, and when the sun burns and the wind blows, you stand strong because your faith is real. Trials prove our faith. So here's the interesting thing that I think that Jesus said in the scripture in verse 33 of John 16, is he had two contrasts. The two contrasts were in him, you have peace. In the world, you have trouble. In him, you have peace. In the world, you have trouble. Why do we have trouble in the world? Because we live in a sin-stained world. There's trouble in the world. He says, but in me, you'll have peace. In me, you'll find that peace. In the middle of a troubled, sin-filled world, he is promising that in the middle of that, you can still have peace, heaven peace, a peace that's beyond our human ability, a peace that is beyond our understanding or even be able to comprehend. Why? Because in him you have peace in the middle of your trials. Why? Because trials and trouble prove our faith. If you're still worshipping in the middle of a trial, then your faith is genuine. If you're still believing and serving him and following him in the middle of your hardships, then friend, your faith is genuine. No one can take away the joy of the Lord. No one can take away what God is doing in you. Because I promise you, like he said right at the beginning, for a season you're going to have sorrow. But I'm telling you, in the end, there's going to be joy. Just like a woman goes through pain and childbirth, in the end, the joy of the child way outweighs the trial that they went through. Trials and trouble, they prove your faith. The next thing that trials and troubles do is they prepare you for your purpose. It's not just what is happening to you, but it's actually what God is doing in you that really matters in all these situations. Every single one of us wants to grow stronger as if we're a follower of Christ. We want to go stronger in our walk, stronger in our prayer life, stronger in every part of our walk in God. Every single one of us wants to do that. But here's a newsflash for you. Ease and comfort don't make you stronger. You know, I um, was going to the gym prior to the lockdown. I'd only been going for about three weeks and my plan was to go 12 weeks and really go hard out and get myself fit and healthy. And unfortunately, that's kind of not really happened. But if there's one thing that I've learned about the gym is that if you want to grow stronger, you've got to put your muscles under severe resistance. You've got to put your muscles through trials and troubles if you want it to grow stronger. The only way that our faith grows stronger is when it's put under pressure. Why? Because resistance strengthens your faith. Resistance strengthens your faith. It shouldn't weaken our faith, but it should actually strengthen our faith. And ease and comfort will never make us stronger. In fact, in James, it says this, and you've probably heard this scripture before, but James 1, 2 to 4 says, Count it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. 
because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. But let perseverance have its finished work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. Consider it pure joy, he says. Like get excited when you go through trials of many kind because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and when that perseverance, that patience, that perseverance has had its final work, you will be complete, not lacking in anything. Trials and tribulations, it prepares you for purpose. Sometimes people ask me, Craig, how do you, how do you deal with the criticism that you get in your job from people? You know, everyone likes to tell you how the church should be done and what I should be doing as a pastor and what I shouldn't be doing. And there's been criticisms over the years. And how do you deal with people that literally hate you? And I've had people say that to me before. How do you deal with the pain that people have heaped upon you? Let me say this, that praise and compliments do not prepare me for criticism. Saying something like, I love you, I'm for you, we think you're awesome, doesn't make me stronger. Criticism and rejection is actually what makes me stronger. The roots then have to grow down deeper. And do I believe who I am, who God says I am? Or do I believe who they say that I am? You see, criticisms and rejections just cause my roots to go down deeper. It strengthens me. It's a resistance. It's not compliments don't get me strong. It's the criticisms that get me strong. And so what we have to do is we have to put our confidence in God. We need to put our confidence in God. We put our confidence in God. It is resistance that is doing something in you, preparing you for the something in the future. It's the resistance that prepares you, not the compliments. It's the resistance that builds strength, not the compliments. It's what gets the roots down deep. And so you might say to me, well, I don't see the point. Like, I get what you're saying about criticisms and rejections and all that, but I don't see the point in all of this. I'm so discouraged. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm afraid. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you hear nothing else, hear this this morning. Could it be that God's preparation comes packaged as pain? Could it be that God's preparation for your future comes packaged in pain? Could it be the very thing that God is preparing in you for you to do later on? It comes packaged in hardship and comes packaged in trouble and trials. I mean, when you think about Joseph, who ruled over Egypt, how did God prepare him to rule over Egypt? Well, he was sold into slavery, thrown into a pit, accused of adultery, thrown into prison. Joseph's whole entire preparation for him to rule and reign was put through pain and trials and troubles. It was what caused him to grow his roots down deep, and he had his confidence in his Savior, and he grew stronger and stronger because of it. Could God, could it be that God's preparation for you and I often comes packaged as pain? Sometimes I believe what I'm trying to teach myself and tell myself, and I encourage you to do the same, 
is not to look at some of the troubles and the trials that I go through and go, it's painful, but look at it and go, it's preparation. To change perspective a little bit and just not go, hey, I'm in a lot of pain here, but to understand I'm in preparation here, that God is preparing me, that he is strengthening me. He's preparing me for what is to come. Change our perspective and you are turned down to be toughened up that that the stuff that you're going through is actually what's going to make you. What does offense do? Well, what offense does is it's purifying my heart. It's, it's cleansing my soul. It's teaching me to trust in God. It's forcing me to be more intimate with him than I ever have been before. What does betrayal do? It increases my capacity to love like Jesus loved and to forgive like Jesus forgave. What is my setback? Maybe my setback is actually God setting me up to show up and show off what he's doing in my life. God never wastes a hurt friend. It proves your faith and it prepares you for purpose. The good news is, friend, is that Jesus not only delivers you from your pain, but he doesn't actually just deliver you from your pain. He delivers us from our sins. He delivers us from the sins that we have committed. The good news is that his grace is here, that he is real, and that he is working all things for our good. You see, following Jesus is not about having life the way that we want it here on earth. It's actually about denying ourselves, picking up our cross, and following him. You see, the world that we live in is temporary and it's fading. The Bible says that it will pass away. And that is why Jesus said, in the world, you'll have trouble. Because the world is passing away, it's fading away. In the world, you'll have trouble. But he said this, take heart, for I have overcome the world. In the world, you will have heartache, you will have pain, you will have rejection. You will sometimes cry yourself to sleep at nights. But he said, in me, in Christ, you will have peace that goes beyond your human ability to understand and comprehend. What does that mean? That means that in him, you can knock me down, but I'm coming back up again. That in him, my roots are down deep. That there is anything in me today that's not of me. It's because he is preparing. He is causing me to go through some stuff. So I'm prepared for purpose. I love what it says here in 1 John 5, 4. It says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? The one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Who is it, the Bible says, that thrives in the brokenness of this world? Who is it that the Bible says thrives through the troubles and the trials? Who is it that lets this light shine in the darkness? Who is it that has a faith that even though they can't see anything good going on with their eyes, they believe that it is? Who is it that comes back and continues to believe in Jesus no matter what happens? Who is it that overcomes the world? In the world you'll have trouble. Who is it that overcomes the trials and the sorrows of the world? He says this, the one who believes in Jesus as the Son of God. The one who believes in him. He's the one that overcomes the world. Why? Because in him, you have peace. In this world, you'll have bad days. You'll have heartaches. You'll have letdowns. You'll have trouble. 
That's what Jesus said. He said, in the world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trials. You're going to have bad days. But he also said this. I have overcome the world. In the world, you'll have trouble. But in Christ, you'll have peace. I want you to understand today, friend, that in the world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have bad days. But in him, you'll have peace. And if we will let the troubles and the trials, one thing, cause us to prove our faith and understand that it's not pain, but it's preparation for purpose, then we will stay in him and we will stay in peace. I don't know if you know Jesus today, but he knows you. And I want to give you an opportunity, no matter what you're going through right now, I'm, I'm not telling you that Jesus is going to make your life go perfect, that you're never going to have trouble, that you're never going to have pain. But what he will do is remove the sin of your life away from you. The other thing that he will do is he'll strengthen you. That the resistance will cause you to grow stronger so you can fulfill the purpose that he has for your life. And if you're listening in today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're like, man, I, I want to give my life to him today, then there's going to be an opportunity shortly that's going to come up on your screen where you can basically raise your hand through this through the online experience and say you know what i want to give my life to christ today and i want to pray for you that you would experience his love and his acceptance and his forgiveness i'm not promising you that all your bad stuff will go away but i'm promising you this that in him you will have peace i'm promising you this that if you will hold on in there like it says in james and you will persevere that at the end of this, when you come out the other side, you will be perfect and lacking in nothing. Hey, if that's you, if you're like, man, I want to give my life to Christ today, I want to recommit myself to Him, why don't you click on the button right now where you've raised your hand. Hey, that's so awesome. It's so cool that you could do that. We're going to pray for you this morning. I'm going to pray for others that are going through a difficult time, that God would do something awesome in your world. Let's all pray together. Father, we thank you so much for those that raised their hand today. Father, that you would come into their world right now as they've said, you know what, I want Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. Father, that you would forgive them of their sin. Lord, that they would receive your forgiveness that you've already provided and that they would experience right now in their home or wherever they may be listening, Lord, your love, your forgiveness, your grace, your mercy and your goodness. For those going through troubles and trials right now, God, I pray, Lord, that we'd take our eyes off the pain and start to see the purpose. That we would understand that you are for us and you're not against us. Yes, in this life, we will have trials and troubles, but in him, we have peace. And so, God, I pray for all of us that may be going through difficulties now or maybe in time to come. Lord, that when we start to go through them, we will shift our perspective and we go, you know what? I'm just going to get my roots down deeper. This is an opportunity to depend on God even more. It's going to prove my faith and it's going to prepare me for the purposes that he has. So, Father, bring peace upon them right now. That's your promise that in you we will have peace. We don't need to let the troubles of this world, Lord, overcome the peace of our hearts. And so, Father, we release that right now upon people in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Hey, it's been so awesome being with you today. I pray that you would have a great week.
that the trials wouldn't get on top of you. And we'll see you next week as we finish this series. God bless. We love you heaps. See you soon, hopefully, and have a really, really good week.